Hello and welcome to The Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams and I want to thank you again for joining me. Uh, you, I've talked about this before, so I'm not going to say all of it, but you can listen to these at wjmm.com. Go to the podcast tab in the Love and Lordship links and you'll find today's uh, what you're listening to. If you're listening to it on the radio at WJMM 99.1 FM in Central Kentucky area, or you can go to the Vimeo, Love and Lordship's Vimeo page or Podbean page to find videos and podcasts of these, or you can go to our website, www.loveandlordship.com. Also email me at loveandlordship at gmail.com and uh, love to engage with you, but also love to have some of you on the show with us and do some interviews as you heard us do last week. So um, in our previous two programs, we looked at King David initially, a man after God's own heart, and how he was he was a man after God's own heart when he was the king and a conquering ruler and God had blessed him and given him promises and all kinds of things. But he also returned and came to God and sought after God's heart when he'd been caught in his egregious sin of adultery and lies and deception and murder, literally. And uh, so we also then looked at our second day of those two was how we, through time in the word and time in prayer, and living out those, I think there were seven or eight of those D words that, that we can pray about and ask God through time in the Word and time in prayer and getting to know Him and getting to know who we are in Him, how we can know that we are a person after God's own heart. Today we're going to begin another two-part look, a, a very real way to live out God's heart in and through our own. If we're a person after God's own heart, it's got to show up, right? Not just with Him, but with others. So I, I actually, by different counts, I, I've seen that, that there are different counts on this, but so oftentimes they're, they're replicated in some way or another. So I've found that, the, in my, my opinion, the best count of one another's in Scripture is there are 44 of them. Now, again, there's some overlap in those, but depending on the context and how they're written and everything, there's like 44 of them. But they really can be summed up in two. Uh, I'm not saying you do this this way. I'm just saying for our sake of teaching the next couple of days, we're going to sum up all the one another's, and we're not going to talk about every one of them, but we're going to sum up all of the one another's in two of them. You see, isn't it interesting how much culture makes a difference in our lives? Isn't it even more interesting that Christ's church is to reflect a crossing over, a mixing together of all cultures to his kingdom culture? Isn't that what we're called to do? Go into all the world and make disciples, bringing them all into his kingdom, all of us? So just how are we supposed to do this? Well, the Bible has numerous instructions and encouragements to help us do exactly that. Live out Christ's love with and for 44 one another's, right? And that is not the only the simple title of our message today, one another. It's also the basis for uh, what we are going to do the, tomorrow, the one another's, and accumulating all of those into two. There are, as I said earlier, there are 44 one another commands in New Testament for us to live by and relate with one another as his body, the church, and show the world what that looks like. We're actually going to sum them up, as I said, today's and tomorrow's one another. And the first one is that we are commanded to love one another. Now, this we could say this one sums all of them up, right? Everything we do in Christ is supposed to be done in love. 
We love him first. We know and love who we are so we can love others as we love ourselves and as he loves us. So the first and the greatest command in all of this one and the one another commands is to love one another. And, and I just re- remind you, I would just remind you of this from the, the authority of love teaching. Love is a choice, an act of the will, a commitment, an intentional investment in another person's life, almost always at a personal cost to ourselves. It's not based on feelings, so we don't hear that in the one another's. It never says if you feel like it or if you're doing okay today, then carry one another's burdens or help lift one another up or encourage one another or exhort or chastise or whatever the, the one another is. It's never reliant upon our feelings. You see, we are not commanded to do it if we feel good about it, although we may at the beginning, during the fulfilling of the command or afterward. We may end up feeling good or we may not. We may have good feelings, but we will also likely have some burdensome or difficult feelings as well because there is a cost and yet it doesn't change the command to love one another we 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 may we're not commanded to avoid it if we don't feel good at the beginning or in, in the middle of our obedience or afterward well well I'm not doing that that's just too tough or they didn't appreciate it or I don't I'm not going to sign up for that anymore we're just called to do it we, we we're commanded to do it if we feel like it or appeals to us, although it may, that doesn't matter. We're commanded to avoid it. We're not commanded, I should say, to avoid it if it doesn't appeal to us, the reverse of the previous one. And we're not commanded to do it if we know we are going to get something in return or avoid it if we know it will cost us something or we will not get anything in return. You see, none of those things I just went through are a consideration in the commands. You know, wow, you you say that doesn't sound like love at all. And yet that is exactly what we're called and commanded to do as Christians in living out our lives as disciples of Christ. Love one another regardless of the response, the outcome, the the. The, the words, whatever is done in return or not done in return to us. See, we need to understand love in truth. So let's look at a few of the verses that either command us to love one another or call us to live that out by some other one another command. So pay close attention here. In John 13, 34, Jesus is in the upper room. He's washed the disciples' feet and he's preparing to die on the cross. And he says this, a new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone else will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Hmm. Nope, there's no prerequisites or requirements or what if or how I feel, is there? Another place, Paul, the apostle writes, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. That's Romans 12.10. He goes on in verse 16 of that same chapter, live in harmony with one another. Ouch. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not become conceited. And then the next chapter, Romans 13, verse 8, let no debt remain outstanding except one, the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves has also fulfilled the law. Romans 15, 7 says, accept 
one another then, just as Christ accepted you. Why? In order to bring praise to God. You see what we do when we love one another, when we accept one another, and all these others that we're going to talk about? 1 Corinthians 1.10 gives us another one. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, Paul says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Ooh, that's a tough one, right? So how are we going to do that? That means we all have to be agreeing on the word. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Hebrews says in chapter 13, verse 1, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Well, I know a few brothers and sisters that don't love each other very well. That's sad. But what, that ought to tell us something about how we're supposed to interact even in our families, right? And then in the family of Christ. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another, Paul said in Romans 14, 13. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said in chapter 4, verse 11, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. And then he says again in chapter 5, verse 9 there in James, Don't grumble against one another. Wow. Peter has two more exhortations or commands, and John has six more references for us to literally love one another using those words. You think under the direction of the Holy Spirit and the example that Christ said they might be trying to tell us something here? You think it might be important that we follow through? This is how we're to choose. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. We're to choose to live together as his disciples. Uh, there's a video that I show sometimes. You can't see it on radio, of course. But it's a, there's a, a, a middle school football team that's plotting to have one of their special needs players score the final touchdown. It's super exciting for everyone as no coaches or parents knew what was happening. Only the two teams and the other team agreed to do it and went along. After they did it, and this guy ran a touchdown, and his parents were elated, and he was jumping up and down. They were carrying him out on his shoulders. They interviewed one of the wide receivers, and he stated, I would have never thought of that. It wasn't my idea. But after I saw it, I went from being someone who only thought about myself to what can I do each day for others to make their lives better. The story is told of jockey Don Brumfield here in Kentucky, and his 1966 Kentucky Derby winning horse, Kawhi, Kawhi King. He was asked, Don, not the horse was asked, right? How do you win the Derby? He replied, motivation, to which he was then asked, how do you do that? He said, down the closing stretch, I simply lean over and whisper in the horse's ear, roses are red, violets are blue, horses that lose are turned into glue. <laughs> now, I only say that, that's sad, and I hope that really doesn't happen. I'm sure in some degree it does. But here's the bottom line. There really are only two motivators in life. Ultimately, it comes down to love or fear. Which are you living by and which are you helping others to live by? How does it show up in your life and with others? You see, when people love one another, remarkable things happen. That's what Christ's church is to be like. Yes, it costs. 
And speaking of horses and pulling together, let's see what loving one another can do. Have you ever seen a horse pull? They're fascinating. One horse can pull four tons, that's 8,000 pounds, and another beside it, four and a half tons, 9,000 pounds. How many do you think they can pull together? Well, that would be 17,000, right? 8,000, 9,000, right? Actually, it's 14 to 15 tons, 28,000 pounds or more together. It's amazing what can happen when we come together with and for one another. 1 John 4.18 says, Perfect love cast out fear in Christ and in one another. And that leads to our second point that we'll pick up tomorrow. So let me close with some food for thought. I'm going to ask something I've asked numerous times in speaking and already before on this radio program and messages. How many of you were born selfless? I hope no hands went up. How many of you were born selfish? We all know the answers and we're all 100% in the latter category of selfish, apart from Christ. And even then, in Christ, it takes work to move from the old selfish man or woman into the new person in Christ and His Holy Spirit, from selfish to selfless. We can only really love one another when we die to self and live for Christ and for others. Here's an action item. Find a tangible way each day to show your love for someone in your sphere of influence, a spouse, child, family member, church family, co-worker, friend, acquaintance, maybe even an enemy. And be sure to follow through with your act of love. Begin to build as a new person or maturing person in Christ a heart of love that consistently loves others. We're going to continue with the second part of the one another's tomorrow. Remember, you can find our book. It's The Authority of Love, second, S-E-C-O-N-D, spell it out, edition at Amazon. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at our website, loveandlordship.com. There is a Give tab in the upper right corner. There are other ways, and I'll get to those. But thank you for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day, and God bless in Christ. Stay tuned for Bill Reeser and Encounter. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.